and welcome to the Barto Jacket Breakdown Podcast. I'm your host, Cole, and I'm here with my guests, and we have a special guest on the podcast today, but I would like to give a shout-out to Live and Love Local Barto, Evolve Lawn and Landscaping, Crosswired Electric, Excellence Realty, Elaine Sanders, and Holiday Inn Express, and thank you to all of our sponsors today, and let's get right into the show. Hey everybody, welcome to the show. We are very excited today. Uh, We do have a very special guest. Um, Unfortunately, it is going to be myself, Cole, and intern Wes only today, so we are unfortunately missing Jason. Um, But we are going to get right into the show today as we do have a very special guest. Um, He is currently the running back coach for Warner University, Mike Hade. Welcome to the show. Awesome to be here. Thank you. Yes, yes. Why don't you tell a little bit about your background and yourself and uh, for those of the audience that don't know who you are right now? Um, currently, I am a teacher at Techn- Travis Technical College, and I also coach at Warner University in Lake Wales, which is part of the Sun Conference, the Sun Division which is also part of the Mid-South Division. We're an NAIA football pro. Um, and Warner University football is a relatively new football program. We've been around for several years now. Um, and it's exciting to be part of um, the first all-Florida football conference. Um, we play Southeastern, Weber, Ava Maria, Edward Waters are uh, some of our primary opponents in the conference. Oh, Kaiser University. How could I forget about them? Kaiser <laughs> University Palm <laughs> Beach has, has been the um, uh, champion um, last year, and they're in first place this year. Oh, wow. Wow. So how long have you been coaching? Um, this is my 30th year coaching. Wow. I started off coaching in Massachusetts. Um, I was an assistant coach in two very good high school football programs there. And then when I moved to Polk County, Florida, originally to get closer to my grandparents um, to help with them, um, I landed as the defensive coordinator for Mead High School for one season. And at the end of that season, I was appointed the interim head coach um, due to a coaching change. And then um, I took over the program in 1998 and then I was the head coach there for 10 years and then I was a an assistant coach at Weber International University for four years and at at the end of my career I also coached professional arena football for the Lakeland Thunderbolts oh wow um when they were the arena football team um which was a fun thing to do for me and um, I took, I, I went from Weber to Warner initially, and I, I helped start the program at Warner, and then I left for a season, and then um, a new head coach who, who was my friend, Rod Schaefer, in um, Polk County. Rod um, brought me back to Warner, and I've been there. So I'm the only coach on the Warner coaching staff that has been um, underneath all three head coaches, Jeff Shaw, Rod Schaefer, and now Kirk Tell. Well, you must. Um, I've been recruiting Polk County um, 
ever since I left you know, Fort Meade, I've always had Polk County as a recruiting area, as well as parts of Hillsboro. Well, you must be doing something right. Um, I also want to point out uh, that Coach Hayde was named Florida High School Coach of the Year in not just one year, but several. <laughs> in 1999, 2002, 2004, and 2008. Very, very impressive. Good wow. stuff. That's impressive. <laughs> I can only imagine winning it one time, but on several occasions. My goodness. Right. <laughs> Well, uh, do you? What we'll go ahead and do, Coach Hade, is we'll go ahead and start um, start the first quarter. Okay, um, our first quarter we're going to start out with Bartow versus Winter Haven, which is the upcoming game tomorrow night. Gentlemen, you want to start with question one? I will start off uh, quarter one. Coach Hade, what is your take on both teams? And if you had to give an advantage to one team going into the game. Who would it be and why? Well, it's hard to pick between the Tate brothers because they're both excellent <laughs> coaches. I have not seen Winter Haven play um, a whole lot this year. I was at their game early in the season in the second half against Victory Christian, but they had an awful lot of players out that night. Um, I've seen Barco play um, quite a bit. Um I think that it sounds like Winter Haven's healthy now and they're playing some good football. Um, what I can tell you is that uh, both teams are probably going to be pretty good on defense and very well coached and some good athletes on the edges. Uh, I've been to a couple of um, these games over the years between um, Richard and Charlie, and they usually come down for the last couple of minutes. Um, I would say... Based on what I know, I think Bartow probably has a, might have an edge in the passing game. They have some excellent receivers, um, and the quarterback is um, is playing really well. Agreed. Um, but it's probably not fair for me to predict. Um, I do know, um, I will tell you that um, Charlie, Coach Tate, does a really good job with his wing key offense and his 3-4 defense every year. And um, Richard usually lines up in his 4-3, and he likes to pound the ball. But it seems to me, because of all the athletes that Richard has, that the Yellow Jackets have started to throw the ball a little bit more um, than they have than, than I've ever seen Richard throw. I mean, you, they just have excellent receivers and a really good quarterback. Well, we I think I speak for all of us when I say this, but I think we have to agree with you on that one. We well, might doubt. <laughs> we might be just a little partial, but we indeed <laughs> agree. Yeah, we can. I think we can. All I would I would have to throw the ball to a couple of the receivers that the Yellow Jackets have. I mean, they're they're really good. Yes, they are. They're they're very very good. This cough year. cough, Dathan Davis. <laughs> <laughs> He's all right. Good. All right. Question two, gentlemen. All right. So, Coach Hayde, intern Wes here. I'll go ahead and spit out the second question for you in quarter one. Uh, this game is always going to be a big game, but the hype around the game has a, a lot of, excuse me, the hype around the game a lot of the times is centered around Tate versus Tate. We know for both teams, they'll both be playing hard for themselves and representing them schools and coaches. What are the Tate coaches telling their teams before a game like this to help their emotions in check and to not make any mental errors or make the games about anything in particular? 
Well, I think I think that you know those guys are very very seasoned, outstanding football coaches. I think that they that that um, particularly Charlie and Richard stress fundamentals and um, doing every player on the team doing their job and not trying to do someone else's job, playing hard, keeping their emotions under control, playing with poise and confidence. All right, well said, well said. I agree. <clears throat> I agree without a doubt. Anything to add about that, guys? Mm-mm. Um, no. Just a follow-up question uh, for you, Coach. Oh. oh, it sounds like we lost him. Oh, man. We'll try to... <laughs> Get him right back on here. Service is not the greatest in Lake Wells. I would know. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'll try and get him back on here for you guys. <clears throat> you worry about if we can get him on again. <laughs> I'm just up to. Well, honestly. You guys there? Yes, we lost you. Oh, I'm just in the parking lot of gymnastics. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's no okay. Wait, like I said, we roll with the punches on this because... We have a lot of stuff going on in this household that we live in anyway, so. Yeah, it happens. So we heard, um, we heard, uh, what was the, I think Wes had a follow-up question. Yeah, so Coach, um, I was just going to ask, are, are you telling your boys out before a real big game some of the same things, you know, going in and, and attempt, you know, making sure these guys aren't making any mental errors and such and on such a big stage? Absolutely, I think that, that um, making mental errors and I think also ball security and holding on the football is huge in any football game. You really don't want to have any turnovers to give the other team any freebies or take um, unnecessary penalties. You want to play really clean football. You want to play physical and you want to absolutely stay in the game um, deep into the fourth quarter. You want to keep your emotions in check Um you know, with a rivalry game, everybody being hyped up, sometimes people play outside themselves and, and do things they normally wouldn't do. And then this time of the year, since I've been in this situation, with everyone in the playoff, uh, going to be in the playoffs, you want to make sure that the players um, keep calm and cool and, and, and with them playing so hard and things being personal between the two teams, make sure no one gets ejected by the officials because the state athletic association sometimes will suspend you for a very long time. So, and then that doesn't help your team win if you're not on the field for that game or even additional games. Absolutely. I love that answer. And, uh, for the record, we do have a good amount of Bartow players who definitely tune in. So for those guys listening, uh, write it down either mentally or on paper. If you have to, you heard it from coach Hayden himself and, uh, he's been around the business for quite some time and, He's had some success, for, so I would definitely be taking his word. Absolutely. His <clears throat> resume speaks for itself. So, Without a doubt. And speaking of his resume, let's get right into quarter two. And Coach Hayde, your resume speaks for itself, and just what you did in Fort Meade makes you a Polk County legend in football coaching. Who are some coaches that you got to work with at Warner? Well, um, I will tell you going back um, that I had no idea what I was getting into when I moved to Polk County. And one of your former head coaches, Richie Marsh, is a good friend of mine. And he really helped me how to learn to coach in Polk County and the type of things that I was experiencing down in Fort Meade because Richie was at Frostproof, which is similar to Fort Meade, 
I have also leaned on Danny Smith, one of your former head coaches, state championship coaches. He's a really good friend of mine. And Danny um, gave me some really good advice as well as Bill Castle. And um, Keith DeMeyer at Lake Gibson um, has, has been sort of a mentor as well. I would say those four guys um, have been very helpful to me in my high school coaching career. And also, obviously, those guys have sent players to play for me wherever I've been. Um, the, um, the the coaching in, in Polk County, these guys um, across the board for many years, including Charlie and Richard, are phenomenal coaches. And they've had really, really good coaching staffs. I've got to say that I had a coaching staff at Fort Meade second to none, um, in my opinion, that you know, it made me a good head football coach to have great athletes who worked really hard, tremendous community support, an administration that wanted to win, and then really good coaches and great great athletes who bought into what we were doing. As a matter of fact, one of the one of the things I really enjoyed was my offensive coordinator, Big Jake Brian Jake McCray, was able to beat. Lakeland High School when he was the head football coach at at Bartow, wow. which was a big win. Brian is, is now a head coach in Georgia. He left to become a coach at the University of Florida for Jim McElwain, but Big Jake was my offensive coordinator for several years and put up a lot of points when he was in Fort Meade. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. All right. <laughs> that is pretty There's cool. a big connection. There's a big connection between the success in Fort Meade because the key point person at Fort Meade that got everything started with our, we were very much um, built around our defense the whole time I was at Fort Meade. And the person that started that was John Creech, who's a graduate of Bartow High School, who coached at Bartow. And without what John Creech did, we, I would have never been as successful. Everybody at Fort Meade knows that John gets a tremendous amount of credit for the football program that we had in Fort Meade. Wow. John is now um, coaching in Louisiana, but he is a phenomenal defensive coordinator, and he got our guys big and strong and fast in the weight room. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to point out a couple of things that you've said that we've heard over and over when you know we've interviewed a couple of the players on the team, and what you said has the buying in to what's going on and from the leaders up, up at the top, they bought in. There's a reason that they bought in. It, it starts with good leadership and, 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 you know, you giving credit where credit was due. Um, so I, you just put a smile on my face. I know when you were talking about they bought in because it's been said over and over on this, po- on this podcast so far. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we believe here with Bartow now is they bought in, they bought yeah. into what, what they're selling. So, Mm-hmm. And that's pretty awesome to hear. And obviously it was a success with you and Fort Meade and, and so on and so forth. So there's there's a rhyme to the reason. Oh, yeah. A reason to the rhyme. How does that go? Either way. Yeah. <laughs> Bartow, Bartow has always been very strong. Their kids have been very physical. But what I see um, right now is on top of um, the physicality of the team, is that they seem to have a little bit more speed on the perimeter than I've seen in a while, and they're taking advantage of it. And Richard is, and Big Tate is assembling an outstanding coaching staff. 
Um, Coach Troutman and Coach Whitaker are doing a phenomenal job, along with Richard, in promoting your student-athletes and selling them to college football programs. Mm-hmm. When I request anything from Bartow High School football coaching staff, I, I, I get a transcript or test scores or film sent to me within, within minutes, if it's not seconds. And that's phenomenal on their part. That doesn't happen at all the high schools that I recruit. So it sounds like that's some of the top things that you're looking for when recruiting a player. Absolutely. Absolutely. At Warner University, we're looking for a young man who is a Christian, who's a believer, who has at least a 2.75 or above, who is um, a good, who loves the game of football and has a strong academic background. So anybody, I can't talk about the individual recruits, but anybody that, that I've offered from Polk County or Hillsborough County has to have um, a good background in the classroom and good character, good Christian character. Absolutely. We love that answer. Yes. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. All right, next question. Cole, you want to take it over? I'll take it over. Where does Polk County oh, – I'm sorry. Where does Polk County football rank in your eyes in the nation when it comes to high school recruiting? I think it's an absolute – football hotbed of recruiting. <laughs> um, there's great players across the board in every program. It has been that way ever since I've been here. Mm-hmm. Um, it would take hours to explain the, the players, the great players that have gone off to play in the NFL at the Division One level. But also there's just an, an enormous amount of players that have gotten scholarship money to go across the nation and um, play at various places and um, do a great job and get college degrees as a result of their football talent and, and their ability to um, get their lesson. There's a lot of there's a lot of kids that um, have really benefited from this being a recruiting hotbed. I mean, coaches come through here from across the country regularly. And it's nice, like if there's a good player in Bartow, the Bartow coaches will say, well, you need to go see the kid in Mulberry. You need to go see the kid, the two or three kids that are on a Fort Meade and word spreads. And there's also, um, you know, being between Tampa and Orlando also helps the recruiters to fly in and, and um, hit a lot of schools in a short amount of time. The beautiful thing about the conference that I coach in is that um, – our players now don't have to even go out of state and they can play really good football and get a college degree. For a long time, there was only Division One college football teams in the state and no junior college football. Yes. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. All right. Um, you guys want me to ask this next question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. All right. So um, to, to go away a little bit from, from the high school level of ball, um, more so to your your program that you're at now in, in Warner University, Coach. Um, how has the team and staff, you know, this has been quite a bizarre year um, with everything going on, specifically, you know, the elephant in the room, that being uh, the coronavirus. How has the team and staff adjusted to the adversity um, of this, you know, heck of a year of 2020 and been able to still focus on football being disciplined and doing the right thing both on and off the field? Our team has done very well. Um, 
our, our administration, led by Dr. Hogue, and our athletic director, Christy Moskovitz, and our athletic training staff have placed the players and coaches and anyone involved with our program, student managers, our film girls, um, anybody involved, their health first. And our players have done a really, I can't tell you what the numbers are, but our players have done really, really well with the testing that we've done. We haven't had to um, cancel any of our games. We That's haven't good. had to cancel um, very much at all. Our players have shown really good discipline with following the rules and the protocols set by the university. And I, I just, I think it's just, I thank God that, for example, the high school seniors in this state um, are able to play and that our seniors are able to play a season. Now, we did have a couple games canceled, but it wasn't because we canceled them. Um, our opponents had to cancel them. Hmm. Um, Florida Memorial actually stopped its season. Oh, wow. Suspended its season. And also, just our game this weekend with Southeastern, Southeastern canceled. Mm. Wow. But, but um, what we're going to do is we're going to we're probably going to have a scrimmage and a barbecue on Saturday. Um, it's very disappointing. We're hoping that the NAIA will allow us to play some more games in the spring and also to extend eligibility into the spring for our seniors. Um, and hopefully they'll do that um, so that nobody loses um, any eligibility because of a shortened season. I think that would be the right thing to do, and I think that decision is coming short. There are actually teams in our conference that have played even less games than we have, um, or they um, they may not play some games uh, moving forward because you know of COVID concerns. But um, the, I think that the, the um, presidents of the universities in the Sun Conference ha have done a really, really good job of letting the um, students come back to school if they wanted to and then making sure that the athletic teams were able to compete safely and successfully to the best of their ability. Um, and I appreciate that. And then there are some high school coaches in this state that stepped up and um, made it very clear that they felt like this could be done safely and the State Athletic Association agreed. And I also think that Dan Talbot, the county athletic director, and Mrs. Bird, by the way, it's, I'm, I'm going to say something. Mrs. Bird is a great supporter of athletics in Polk County, and I hope that the new superintendent um, shares the same enthusiasm for football that she has. I can't tell you how many Friday nights that I'm at a game that Mrs. Bird is at a game and paying attention and supporting our athletes. And, and um, it's been refreshing, her support for particularly high school football. I was told that she likes football. It's very clear that she does. That's and I awesome. hope the new superintendent has that same support for one of the best counties in America for football. I I hope so, too. Yeah. I, uh, I, she's retiring, what, at the end of the year or the beginning of next year? Uh, that's what I understand, that she's yeah. going to finish up the school year and we're having a superintendent search. But, I mean, this, this is definitely, I can tell you this, that this is football country. Mm -hmm. um, I even love to see them bring back middle school football. Coach Castle told me that 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 he's always regretted when when Polk County decided not to have middle school football anymore. 
that mm-hmm. um, and, and Rod Schaefer and some of the older fellows will tell you that that was not not the best decision that was made. Um, personally, if you have a feeder program, a good feeder program, that was one of my advantages in Fort Meade was that I had my middle schoolers in my football program, whether or not they were playing, but they were around the football program, the sixth graders. And um, then as seventh and eighth graders, they were allowed to play. So that was um, something that was nice. I mean, now the way way they're building these cluster high schools near the middle schools, you would think it would make sense to um, have middle school football again. And then, um, you know, let the high school head coaches um, supervise it one way or another and get everything in alignment with your Pop Warner teams or junior athletic league teams. I'm not sure what they call it um, with your junior high or middle school teams and then your high school teams. That's the way they do it in very successful programs in other states. In the two programs that coached in Massachusetts, um, they ran the same system from Pop Warner all the way up through high school. That's a really good point. Yeah, that's a really, really you know, good point. I think that Bartow, and, and I'm, I don't want to get involved in too much of their business, but from what I understand, I spoke at a clinic at one point, but you, you guys have two youth leagues, right? Uh, Yes, I'm pretty sure we do. Yeah, Bartow. Yeah, I think it would be helpful if they united. That would be, that would be um, huge for, um, in my opinion, the high school football team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because there's not, like you said, there's not middle school, but I know for sure one, Jason would definitely know the answer, but I do believe that you are right that there there's are two. There's Barto Ultimate, right? Mm, I don't quote me. Okay. I, don't quote me. <laughs> I didn't do my research on that one. No worries. No worries. <laughs> Cole's been bugging us to, to get him in football for years and years, and we haven't. Yeah. So. Yeah, that, that's been very helpful to um, two very good programs in um, LCS and in Victory Christian. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they which, have the by the way, with them. Um, there's there's a huge um, Bartow connection to the LCS program. Several really good coaches at Bartow High back in the day that coached for Richie Marsh or Sean Killitz are now are now at um, LCS, and you guys should be proud of them. I think some of them are Bartow High grads. Yes, I believe Mr. Edmund told yeah. us that, and because he he helped coach along and stuff. So yes, you are correct there. They do have a great program yes, too. Well, we yeah, have there, there's a long long history of really good coaches and really good players coming through Bartow. I, I was gonna say that earlier. <laughs> if you listen hard, people, Bartow keeps getting brought up. Like he said, players turning into coaches turning. Oh yes, it's Bartow. No Bartow has something going on. So we have uh, one, possibly two more questions for you if there's time, but definitely one more. Okay, coach. No problem. Absolutely. All right. And intern Wes here, I'll go ahead and take uh, possibly the last one, maybe one more. We'll see. Um, But since joining the staff of the Warner Royals, uh, what has been one of your most memorable moments uh, being a part of that team? Well, um, on a personal level, being able to coach with a great guy like Rod Schaefer, um, and then, you know, being there for when Rod retired after 40-something years of coaching was really special to me as R- Coach Schaefer being a friend of mine. I'd say um, anytime you beat your rival schools like Weber, we've been able to hold on to um, our trophy 
Um, we, I think we've beaten them three times in a row now, and we're going for a fourth next weekend. There we go. Um, and then we had a we had a great probably the signature victory we've had so far was the nine and two year when we were the National Christian College Association national champions. Wow. Um, we were nine and two. That was the best season we've had. We had a huge victory on the road against Arizona Christian out west. And they were ranked in the top ten in the country, and we beat them at their place wow. on the road, 42-21. Um, that was a great memory. Um, and then, of course, you know, I, at my position, I have coached some of the most special young men I've ever coached in my career that I've really enjoyed being around. The running backs at Warner University, we've had several of them that have either been first or second team all-conference, and they've been great young men. And they've been just a joy to coach. Um, and, and there's been some excellent coaches that have come through our program. Those guys seem to go much higher level. There's something about that position. For example, our wide receiver coach a few years ago, Dallas Baker, left our place and went to um, Marshall University where he's doing really well. And then um, Coach um, Joe, Joe Hawkins is now coaching. He went from our place to Florida International University. Now he's at Bryant College, and they're both of those are Division One schools. Oh, wow. um, those guys are great ball coaches. We had our defensive coordinator got recruited to go to a um, high school program in Texas, and that's big time. Oh, yeah. oh yes. Texas. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Friday Night Lights. Out there, yeah. Um, the... Uh, the relationships that I've built at Warner University are very special to me. And, and, and I will tell you this, that coaching at a place at Warner has been has been able to bring me closer to the Lord and to improve my faith and my beliefs. Um, there's, there's a lot of opportunity within our football team for spiritual growth. Um, we're going to try to honor God in everything we do. That's very, very important. And be servants of the Lord. That is very important. That's awesome. Yes, it is. Coach, do you have time for a real quick question? I, my, sure. my husband showed me a message that he found. Um, so, so basically, my husband, Jason, has coached soccer for years, and he has always told players and parents it's not about winning. It's about development and growing as a person. Winning will come. So, like I said, he found this message on Messenger, and don't ask me how he found it, but uh, I guess a previous uh, player had reached out to you and said something about deciding to pick up teaching and coaching, and he contacted Warner and had them send um, his official transcripts to the Department of Education and, you know, just kind of talked about that. But what stuck out is um, at the last end of the message it said if you know of any steps i should make next please reach back out to me also thanks for pushing me the way you did coach definitely made me a much better man so with that being said can you talk on what it means to you to be a coach and why you do it absolutely i um i i am blessed where i grew up outside of boston to have great teachers and coaches. And um, I love athletics. And my father, even though he was 
assistant coach Ed was a pharmaceutical sales rep, but he really loved athletics. So um, I was able to get second to none high school education, and I really respected my coaches um, in baseball and in football, and I always wanted to give back. I knew early on that I wanted a coach. Um, I just enjoy athletics. And, and to be able to um, give kids a chance to develop themselves as young men, let's call it boys to men, um, <laughs> is very gratifying. Yes. I take my teaching in the classroom very seriously. I prepare my kids for um, life. I want them to be productive citizens. Anybody I work with, I mean, I, um, I, 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 I try to reach kids in the classroom just as well through um, the athletic field. It's very gratifying when your players and even your assistant coaches or young assistant coaches that you mentor um, want to do the same thing. I, that's very right. true. That's very true. And it, it like takes... Coach Cornelius. Yeah. Coach Cornelius is a huge example of that. He is um, you know, doing a phenomenal job um, where he is in Fort Meade taking over for me. He's giving players and coaches a chance to get to the next level. Mm-hmm. Well, it definitely takes a special person to be a coach and a teacher. So I just want to commend you and, and anyone else who's listening. It does take a special person. And when you have that mentality, I think it, it's a breeze what you do because it just comes naturally to you because you do enjoy it and you respect it and it, it shows. So again, it shows in your resume. It shows you know, coach of the year. And, uh, it's, it's been awesome talking with you thus far. Well, thank you. I, I would, I would like to finish that. If you see any football coach that it's a commitment from their, their wife, my wife, Nikki (laughs) and my children have been part of this. And my in-laws have been very supportive of this. Um, you know, there's been times, for example, that my wife was working, that my sister-in-law's, my niece babysat my kids over the years. It's a full commitment. It's a whole family commitment when someone is a high school or college football coach. So when you see those guys on the sideline, there's there's ladies and children that are also supporting it behind the scenes for sure. Aww. I mean, I know all of the coaches that have coached in Barto, um, <laughs> and I, the head coaches, and their their wives were a big part of it too. Aw, that's awesome, giving us shout-outs, too. <laughs> it's true. Yes. No, that's a really good point. It is oh, yeah. a really good point. Um, well, do you have – I know, like I said, I know you have a time constraint, and we could probably keep going, but, you know, is there anything else that you want to add before you before you need to go? No, I just think, I just think that the Bartow football program is in excellent hands right now. It's – um. It, it seems like there's a lot of excitement, and the other thing that the other thing that I really like about Bartow is that my my good friend John Ekman is one of the best band directors oh, in the business. Oh yes, John and I work <laughs> together in Fort Meade. I love John. The band has been awesome. Fort Meade and Bartow, he's been able to grow, and I think that's fantastic too. And then to have great cheerleaders as well. Um, it's just fantastic. And Bartow is a great community. I lived in Bartow for 10 years. Aw, well. Now, now I can't, I can't say, now, 
to me. And I wanted to beat Bartow when I was at Fort Meade. That was very important, but we're friends now. Well, I'm glad. Bartow is the uh, home of champions, so all around. Yeah. We, we hear it a lot, what's in the water, so... Oh yeah, you guys have a great basketball coach too. The guy is, is awesome and Oh yes. And I used to be I used to walk my dog. I used to live right near Bartow High and I used to walk my dog a lot. And the Bartow softball coaching staff um, was, was it was it was unbelievable to watch. I would stop and watch practice um, with the old softball coach Rutenbar and oh, the yeah. dads and the and the organization. It was, it was incredible. Yep. My husband's sister played for him, so yeah. Great, great legend coach. So, well, we, we definitely appreciate it and um, that you coming on the show and talking with us and, and, you know, who knows, we may have you on in the future. Well, I'd love to. Yeah, good luck tomorrow night against Winter Haven, but I'm going to homecoming uh, uh, for Fort Meade. Oh, okay. Well, enjoy that. Respect. So, I, from what I'm gathering, I think um, you're saying that Barto might win then, right? <laughs> Is that your prediction? I don't want to. I don't. I really don't want. I'm friends with Charlie Andrews, and I'm friends with. I'm friends with Coach Grantham on the on the Winter Haven coaching staff and Coach Renard Ellis. I don't know if I could pick. I mean, uh, I I don't know. You could toss a coin maybe in these yeah. rivalry games. Yeah. No, I'm just. Teasing. I hope everybody stays safe for the playoffs, nice and healthy. Uh, yeah, agreed, agreed. Agreed. Thank you so much. And same with you and Warner University. Okay. Thank you very much. I'm going to go watch some gymnastics. Yes, you have fun with that. <laughs> have a good one. Thanks, it was great coach. talking to you. Bye bye. Bye now. Good luck. That was awesome. That was so cool. That was awesome. <laughs> what a good guy. Thirty years. That's a long time. And how many? Co- how many coach of the years? Yeah. Five, six. My yeah. Goodness. Yeah, that's very, very impressive. Character. And we forgot to establish just the last two questions were quarter three, basically. So Yes, yeah. So we still have a whole quarter. Sorry, guys. Oh, it's about <laughs> like MLB and NFL. Yeah, stuff we're like just that. gonna talk we're just gonna talk anything in the fourth quarter. Um, I know Cole in this fourth quarter you have something that you want to talk about. I do. And I think it is involving <laughs> David Wright. David Wright? Yeah. The um the guy that threw for 21 passes? Yes, yes. That guy? Yeah. So, you're the stat guy. Talk about him. He threw 21 passes. Okay, this is it. This is the Tampa Bay Tech's quarterback, David Wright. Same mm-hmm. as the Mets legend, David Wright. Um, <laughs> he threw 21 passes, 14 were caught, 353 yards, and no interceptions. That's just crazy to me. Who was that against? Uh, Armwood. Oh, that was the night mm-hmm. Armwood. That's, okay, gotcha. Gotcha. That's when we went. So, yeah, that's that's pretty. I, I have no words. I'm speechless. That's pretty I know, impressive. Yeah, I know, I know that you were talking about it a lot this week. So, what about NFL? What's new in NFL? Um, <laughs> you ready for Antonio Brown? Uh, I am. Or, yeah. or what else were you calling him? <laughs> Antonio Clown. No, oh, you got to back that up. You got to uh-huh. back that up. <laughs> yep. I only call him that because of off-field decisions. He will be prepared for this week or the following week? Uh, you know? Week nine because he got an eight-game suspension. 
Okay, oh my that's gosh. right. Yeah. Because of his off-field actions, like I was saying. Yeah, oh. and he still has some kind of pending, so there's no telling. He could play one game like last year. He came back for New England, played one game, and and then within a matter of time, he was out. So, I mean. Remember so that just team? kind of like New a England? rollover? So, now that he's back active, he still has to finish? Is that what I'm understanding, or what is the... Well, he became eligible to join or to be reinstated, which I believe he was. Um, and then they gave him that eight-game suspension, which obviously he had to serve from week one. And now, oh, as Cole gotcha. mentioned, he'll be back for week nine. Okay, I understand now. Yeah. Yep, and I'm excited to watch us beat the Saints that week. Yeah, mm. you guys. I mean, you guys lost week one, but I mean, it looked sloppy on both ends. It was also week one, not really much of a. Of an off season, no we preseason. Were, yeah, and we were all still vibing together. There's so many new players. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, so there's that's... zero chemistry there. You know, mm-hmm. besides practice, which you're not going up against a whole another team. You know, mm-hmm. so big news regarding the Bucks. I mean, they're what five and two. What's the uh, right? We are five and two. And you guys lead the the uh, lead the division, right? Yes, by okay. one game. And let's talk about your Seahawks. How do you feel about the Carlos Dunlap trade? Uh, I love it considering (laughs) we gave up B.J. Finney, who was probably one of our worst uh, offseason acquisitions. Uh, We picked him up from the Steelers. He was a solid guard. I mean, at least he looked solid. And as the world knows, the Seattle Seahawks have never had a great offensive line, at least not since uh, Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll, and, and John Schneider and company have all kind of joined um, I believe like 2011, 2012, in that time frame. We've just never had a phenomenal offensive line. Uh, so we were hoping he was going to bolster the O-line and help out a little bit. And he just, I mean, he hasn't played, he never played one offensive snap. I mean, he didn't play any snap at all. Um, so we were able to trade him to Cincinnati along with, I believe, a seventh-round pick, you know, which you really got to strike gold uh, to get a real talented player there in the seventh round unless you're, uh, Bill Belichick and company, and you're able to draft Tom Brady back in the day. Or was he a sixth-round pick? Oh, I'd have to look that one up. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, you know, you'd really have to strike gold there. It's like playing the lottery. So um, back to what I was saying, though, I, I love it. Um, Carlos Dunlap, I believe, is 32 now. So um, he's, he's, a bit, he's a bit up there in age. He's towards the end of his career here. But he's a proven veteran. He has over 80 career sacks, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Over 100 QB hits. Um, maybe over 200, I think. I could be definitely wrong there. Don't quote me. Um, and so, yeah, we traded B.J. Finney, a seventh-round pick for Carlos Dunlap. As the world also knows, we haven't had the greatest pass rush. The worst in the league, without a doubt, this year. Um, we got a lot of new guys, rookies up there, trying to build chemistry and do their thing. And... Uh, right now, we're uh, at the pace we're going, we're set to have like only 24 sacks at the end of the season, which would be mm. devastating, considering last year, once again, last year, we didn't have a good pass rush, pass rush either. We ended up with 29 at the end, and that was with, for 13 games, Jadavion Clowney, mm-hmm. um, who only ended up with three sacks at the end of the year. But um, long story short, I love it. Um, I'm, I'm excited to see what Carlos Dunlop's going to be able to do for us. Um, he does have another year on his contract, so maybe we'll have him for next year as well. Be a little bit of a cap hit, but uh, I think we should take that. And we'll have a proven veteran leader on that defensive line who can bring the guys together and uh, get ready to take care of some business. And how do you feel about Week 8 against the 49ers division matchup? Uh, confident. I'm definitely confident considering we should have 
Jamal Adams back. He's been out for three or four weeks now, including our bye week. Uh, he suffered a groin injury. I forget against who. And then we will have Damon Snacks Harrison, the big boy, mm-hmm. veteran. Um, he's a little I over 30 now, guy. too, um, if I'm not mistaken. 350 pounds. The dude's a beast. He's massive in the run game. Absolutely dominant. Uh, he's an all-pro one year as well. So, uh, once again, another proven uh, veteran leader on that D-line to go alongside Carlos Dunlap and a, and a few other guys there, newer guys. Um, so the, the team's going to benefit in that way too, having these veterans to be able to teach and, and kind of corral these young guys and be able to get them on their A game and have them, have them ball out hopefully and kind of learn some more techniques and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I can agree with that. Yeah. Um, and, oh, about regarding the game though more so rather than the players – um, so what I was getting at is we're, we're getting a lot of players coming back from either injury or we just pick them up. Um, as far as the 49ers, they've kind of been on and off, I feel like, this season. Uh, unfortunately, they suffered some big-time injuries early on with, uh, is it Nick Bosa? It was Nick Bosa. Yeah, so Joey Bosa is the one on the Chargers. Nick Bosa and, and I forget another one of their dominant D linemen. Um, unfortunately, they're, I know their defensive backs, if I'm not mistaken, aren't the greatest. They do have... Uh, former Seattle Seahawks legend himself, um, former Legion of Boom, Richard Sur- Sherman. Uh, he was injured at the start of the season, so I think he is still injured. Who's that? Richard Sherman. Richard Sherman, you think so? Um, I think he is. Well, whether he's in or out, um, I think we're going to perform and do really well. I like both Tyler Lockett or DK Metcalf matched up against him any day of the week, at least right now in his career. Maybe not. Back in his Legion of Boom days, um, he's a little younger, a little quicker on the ball. So uh, I'm confident. I think we should we should take it. Obviously, it's a division game, so it's going to be big time. We just unfortunately took our first loss to the Cardinals there and over time. So I'm looking forward to it. I think we got it though. So what's your record now? Five and one. Five and one. Five and one. And yeah. but you're the top of the uh, division, right? Yeah. Yep. Cardinals are second with a 5-2 and two record after that win to the Seahawks. Mm. Yeah. And again, um, it's well known. Uh, the NFC West is definitely the toughest division in football. And I think it's been that. Honestly, if I had to pick one division in the past decade, it would be that team. There's just, you never know who's going to really take it. Even if, you know, one team just looks, you know, a lot of people thought Seattle, without a doubt, they're going to take it. They're going to take it. But the reality is here is, is the Cardinals just show they can take it. Um, the Rams aren't doing too bad this year either, and then uh, nobody in this division is doing real bad. Everybody has above five hundred record. There you have it. Um, so that that alone speaks for, speaks for what I'm saying here. You know, mm. this is so it's anybody's likely. game at this point. Uh, yeah, could yes be, no. could, could be. be. It's like the better version of the NFC East. <laughs> <laughs> is that yeah? Never mind. I know I know what teams are involved there, and we don't need to talk about them. <laughs> Um, I don't think there's much to talk about them. I like Bartos' chances probably against some of those teams. I would bet that the that Bartow could beat the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> I put money on that. Sorry for any Cowboys fans. <laughs> okay, so enough about NFL. What about MLB? What's going on there? The World Series just ended. Ooh. My prediction was right. I said it in another podcast, he Dodgers and Six. You did. And I was I, correct. I listened to that podcast a day or two ago, and I was like, wait. I just, and I mentioned it in another podcast, you know, or someone did hit your prediction and you gave it. Anyways, long story short, you got it right. I was like, wait, Cole predicted this. And then I looked up and I was like, oh, the game's tomorrow. If the Dodgers win, Cole got their prediction right. And well, here we are. 
I turned on the game in the seventh inning. Julio Urias pitched all three innings of that game. That's what you were saying when you came into my room last night. I was. It like, wasn't last night. It was two nights. I ago. mean, two nights ago. I was sleepy, and you kept saying Julio Urias. It's like what? Okay, so go on with Julio. It, it, it was a good game. I mean, Julio Urias in the ninth sh- struck out the side to win the World Series. Um, one big thing, though, Justin Turner got COVID in the middle of the game, and uh, Dave Roberts made him take team pictures. How did he get COVID in the middle that. of the game? I think He what just happened, came down with the symptoms all well, of a sudden? Well, w- he was playing the game. He might have had it before. But he got. He definitely had it before. (laughs) Yeah, they. I guarantee he had a test, and then they got the test results and saw that it was positive, and probably texted one of the managers or the coaches that were there, and like, "Hey, so and so, abort, abort, yeah, get him out of there." And well, as Cole just mentioned, uh, they definitely did not get him out of there. Oh my gosh! And the worst part is, they made him take team pictures with the team without a mask. Oh lord! Oh my gosh! Well, at least they so won the World Series. Is, is that the picture that Dad sent? Player what? of the game or something? Player of the player MVP. The MVP was Corey Seager. Okay. That wasn't Justin Turner. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, that, that the picture that Dad sent. That's what I'm talking about. The I don't remember MVP. I, I did to, see that. That was on the, the Facebook page. Yeah, um, I, I didn't get it. But well, I don't have Facebook, so, so I didn't see it. <laughs> Chatted a little bit about NFL. Chatted mm-hmm. a little about MLB. NBA is obviously over with, and you know I don't even know if soccer's going on at the moment. But it, it is what we can kind of move on to here. Is talk the, about the is the big the elephant in the room? The big deal tomorrow night. Tomorrow, you know the game. Coach Tate's going to win. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? How about that? Let's talk about that a little bit. Tate versus Tate. One thing I will guarantee is that a Tate will win the game. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. we can all agree on that one. And I think so unfortunately, too. Coach Tate will lose as well. So yeah. um, it's going to be both both a good and sad day for some. I honestly think it's going to be a really, really good game. Yeah, in all seriousness. But I, it's going to be a good matchup. And we're going to have great seats at the game. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Um, we're actually going out tonight, and we're pitching our tents. So if you, <laughs> if you see anyone out at a Bartow <laughs> Memorial Stadium with a campfire, uh, don't bother us, please. Uh, no, I'm kidding. You <laughs> can bring food. <laughs> Chick-fil-A sounds nice. Yes. No, I'm kidding. Um, but, yeah, we, we plan on getting there a little early, trying to get some good seats. Um, feel free to say hi if you guys see us from players, coaches, et cetera, whoever's listening. Um, we're all friendly and, and – and, and, well, we like to think we're friendly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Might be debatable. And, and by all means, you know, we'll we, we'll in the chat if you want. Well, I I am going to go out on a limb and say I do think Bartow is going to win. It might be a little tighter than some of these other games, but yeah. I really do think that Bartow will pull it out. I have, I, I, have faith. I agree. Yeah, I have, I've, I've I have heard faith. some I've heard some good things with Winter Haven, and I know they're playing some good ball. I know mm-hmm. they played some tough teams this year. Um, I wish I remembered their schedule off the top of my head, uh, Winter Havens anyways, and who they had beat and who they lost. Um, I know they had a was it was it them who had a first no it was an, it was Ridge I'm thinking of, um, but nonetheless I think Winter Haven has two or three losses which. By no means doesn't mean they're just, they're just going to lose this game, right? Right. Um, they're still going to go out and fight, give it their all under under the lights there at Bartow Memorial Stadium, and 
it's definitely going to be a dog fight. Um, yeah, because they know how good Bartow is, so they're going to come guns a blazing. Yeah, you, you know what I mean? They're gonna they're gonna try to get and it. Just exactly the energy, like what you said. Uh, uh, Bartow Memorial Stadium is going to be wild. Oh, it's going to be livid, and I can only imagine what the again what the coaches are telling their players. You know, hey, that's you know, mm-hmm. that's that's my guy on the other field, on the other side of the field there. That's um, that's what we talked about that in a previous podcast. How yeah. <laughs> we can't wait to hear how it's going to yeah. be between the two of them. I wonder if they're telling the players like they know what gets to the other coach. Yeah. So hey, go go tell the, go tell him this <laughs> whenever you know if you get tackled near him or something, you run out of bounds near him. You know, <laughs> just be like, hey, blah blah blah. <laughs> oh my goodness, it's gonna be it's gonna be a good game, and I'm very very excited. So without a doubt. So you guys want to wrap it up here with some score predictions, maybe? Oh mm. uh, yeah. Let's go with some score predictions. I feel like it is going to be like a mid-tier scoring game because I feel like both defenses are going to perform well. But I feel like Bartow will come out on top 28 to 17. 28 to 17 is what I'm going to go with. 28 to 17. All right, all right. Apologies, apologies for, for us moving a little slow here. I'm just getting a pencil so I can write these down. So you say, Cole, your prediction again? 28 to 17, Bartow on top. 28 17, Bartow. I think it's hmm. funny because ever since we started this podcast, Bartow's undefeated. Hey. Mm. Hey, oh, hold on. Look, I'm going to knock on ca- some more. Are you calling it a rabbit's foot? If that's a rabbit's foot? Not a cue for some of you players to listen and maybe get a few <laughs> more players to listen. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm I just, just knocked saying. on some wood, by the way. <laughs> you hmm. sure did. Hmm. So. Miss Producer Jen, what are we thinking here? Winter Haven's going to win? No. <laughs> I Heck thought I'd get you. no. Um, I'm going, oh gosh, I, I'm thinking more like 35-24. 35-24. Let's do it. Let's do so it. So we're, we're definitely giving Winter Haven some points and... And whether it's 28-17, 35-24, or regardless, let's be honest, regardless of what the score ends up as towards, you know, at the end of the fourth quarter. A win's a win. I'm, yeah, for one, a win's a win. And two, I guarantee there's not going to be much separation between both scores. <coughs> that's that's what me. I'm saying. I don't. I feel like it's going to be a closer match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's then, it's going to be a dogfight. I put it um, between 11 points. So. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So, so did you. You put me, it between 11 points. Was it 11? Yeah, 35-24 is what you said, right? Holy moly. That's kind of <laughs> weird. So, intern Wes here. What am I going to give Bartow versus Winter Haven? Um, so, let me put Winter Haven 40. No, I'm kidding. Uh. <laughs> so, I'm going to go and give Bartow 36, and uh, I'll give Winter Haven 24. Um, so, just a hair off producer Jen's uh, prediction here of 35, 24. You put it between 12 points. <laughs> I, I like it. I like it. So, uh, Bartow all across the board, as expected, obviously. Um as we've preached here for the past couple of minutes, it's it's going to be a heck of a game, regardless mm-hmm. regardless of who wins, regardless of what the score is. It's going to be probably the biggest game for both these teams throughout the entire until year. Until the playoffs, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, until yeah. the playoffs. Yeah. <laughs> that's a whole other world. Oh, yeah. We would keep talking on all this, especially, you know, coming up with you know, next week's game and all that, but let's focus on this week. And one week at a time, guys. Yes, one week at a time. And you guys have proven that at this point, 6-0. Oh, hey, as, as, as we say, this week we have a chance to go. 
7 and 0. Yes, sir. And on that note, we will wrap up the show here. Thank you to all our sponsors and everybody that is listening today. And we'll see you guys on Monday or tomorrow. Peace. Thanks, Thanks for everybody. listening.